0: There are lots of people out there who will tell us that we shouldn't be looking at pornography. But there aren't many people showing us how to finally break free of porn. Without a mentor, without a guide, it's easy to get stuck in hopelessness and shame. The Freedom to Love podcast is here to be your mentor and your guide. We want to provide you with practical strategies and techniques to live free of porn forever. Then you'll be free to experience the love you really desire. Welcome back to the Freedom to Love podcast. My name is Jeremy Rohr. I am the founder of Freedom to Love. We are a ministry that is devoted to mentoring young men to find freedom from pornography and sexual sin. And I'm honored to have back with me my pastor, Father Brian Park. He is the pastor at St. Michael Catholic Church in St. Michael, Minnesota. And we're in the middle of a series talking about how growth in spiritual maturity, this the spiritual life is so important in overcoming habitual sin, particularly the sins of the flesh, uh, pornography, masturbation, other areas of, of sexual sin that can come up. And so far we've talked about a little bit of the natural and supernatural areas to focus on in creating a plan for freedom. Last time we talked about How do we develop a prayer life, a daily prayer life? And and how does that help us to grow close to God? Today, what we want to focus on is the sacrament of reconciliation and just how the the grace from that is, is so important. How do we approach the sacrament effectively and appropriately so that we're not just taking advantage of God's mercy? Not uncommon for young men to maybe grow up go through confirmation class or catechism, faith formation, never really have an understanding of what a sacrament is and why it's so important to us as Catholics. So I'd love just to start there and just have you say, why is it important that Christ gave us sacraments through the church?
1: Yeah, so a sacrament is an outward sign of an inward grace. Through some sort of physical outward sign, this invisible grace is imparted to the soul. Why did Jesus give the church the sacraments? I was not there 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked the earth. I wasn't there when he healed people, when he forgave people, when he ultimately saved people through his death and resurrection. So how does that come to me now? How does Jesus come to me now? How does his ministry that he did 2,000 years ago on earth, how do I experience that now? I experience it through the church and primarily through the sacraments. When I go to confession, and I confess my sins humbly, and I am absolved by the priest, it's Jesus who's forgiving me. That forgiveness that I'm receiving is no different than the forgiveness Jesus gave to the people that we read about in the Gospels. When I receive this sacrament of anointing of the sick, one of the sacraments of healing, I experience the healing graces of Jesus, just like the people who he touched and prayed with 2,000 years ago experienced. When I receive the Eucharist in a state of grace, in a worthy state, then I'm even closer to Jesus than the apostles were who followed him before his death and resurrection, before the mass was (laughs) instituted. And so these ways, the sacraments are the means that I have access to the ministry of Jesus and the grace that ultimately saves my soul. That's beautiful. And I know
0: for myself for a long time, I didn't understand the power of the sacraments. So that's why I wanted to start there and, and just understand what a gift they are. Because it's I think it's so easy to just think that they're just rituals and just stuff that, oh, this is what my grandma and grandpa did versus things that have the power to really transform us and keep us close to,
1: to God. They are incredible avenues of grace, not the only avenues of grace, but they are definitely some of the most important avenues that we talked about daily prayer life, right? Daily prayer is not a sacrament, but daily prayer is an avenue of grace. And so are all the sacraments. And some of them, of course, are absolutely necessary. I mean, baptism is necessary for salvation. Jesus said, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. So we need this. Unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life within you. We need the sacraments to save our souls. Yeah. Well, so let's focus particularly on the sacrament of
0: reconciliation. As we get in these habits of sexual sin, habitual sin, how does the, the sacrament of reconciliation
1: assist us on this journey of growing in holiness
0: and, and freedom?
1: When people think about confession, they often think about the car wash analogy. Which is a fine analogy. We drive around and the car gets dirty. Those are our sins here and there. And we go to the car wash, which is confession. We confess our sins. We come out. The car's super clean and shiny. And, and And that's a fine analogy. I think a better analogy for confession is brushing your teeth. Because not only does confession forgive your sins, confession also heals you and strengthens you it strengthens you to resist future temptation. When you brush your teeth, yes, you're cleaning your teeth, you're getting the junk off your teeth, but you're also strengthening your teeth against future problems that could come if you didn't brush your teeth. So the more I go to confession, the more I'm strengthened against temptation, and the more God begins to change my heart. That's what it really comes down to. We all have to ask ourselves this question. Why do I sin? Why do I choose to sin? Because at some level, I actually like my sin. I actually desire it. And Jesus came not just to give us coping mechanisms for our sins. He came to give us a new heart. That new heart comes to us at baptism. And our whole Christian lives is about growing that heart. It's the heart of Jesus in us. That the heart of Jesus, the heart of desiring love and joy and peace and compassion and the virtues, that heart would continue to grow in us. And then our sinful fallen heart would continue to shrivel up and die. And so the more I go to confession, the more that sinful fallen nature of me continue to shrivel up and die. And the sacred heart of Jesus in me through baptism and faith continues to grow and strengthen. Because ultimately, the goal is not just I've set up my life in such a way that I just I can't sin because of I've got all these restrictions on my phone and computer, which are good and important. And I've got all this great accountability, which is good and important. But the ultimate goal is I just don't white knuckle it through life. And I really want to sin. I really want to look at pornography, but I don't want to go to hell. So I'm not going to do it. No, the goal of the Christian life is the transformation of the heart so that I don't even desire. I don't want to look at that trash. Why would I want to do that? I have no desire to do it. That's the goal of the Christian life and that's what confession can help you do, transform your heart. That's awesome. So now somebody's convinced, you know what? I need
0: to make confession a part of my process to grow in freedom, to grow in holiness. But I haven't gotten a confession since second grade, maybe. All right. So what just let's do a quick reminder. What is confession? How do we do it? What tips do you have for the person coming back? to confession. And then we'll get into
1: maybe some more of the advanced stuff
0: that kind of the interior dispositions of the heart that are helpful.
1: Yeah. So for someone who's been a long time since they've been to confession, I'd remind them that confession is this great gift. It was the gift that Jesus gave his church. He gave his apostles, his first priests, his first bishops, the power to forgive sins. And every ordained priest like me has received that power through the sacrament of holy orders to forgive sins in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And if it's been a long time, I'd say find a good examination of conscience. There's a lot of good ones online. A lot of parishes will have examination of conscience pamphlets, usually near the confessionals and take some time to just read through the whole thing and write all in it. Make notes if you have to. You can bring that with you when you go to confession and then just go to confession. <laughs> and you you may be nervous. It's okay to be nervous. It's normal to be nervous. But just remember, you're going there to be healed. The priest wants to heal you. The priest is not there to judge you. The priest is not there to condemn you. The priest is there to be an instrument of God's mercy and healing. And go to confession and just tell the priest what you did, what you're sorry for, and about how many times you did it to the best of your memory. Sometimes you might just have to say, I did this many times. And you don't have to tell a long story. You don't have to. It's not spiritual direction. It's just like, Father, I did this. 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 this, this. And for these and all my sins, I'm truly sorry. And the priest will give you a penance, a little spiritual homework to do after confession's over, and then you'll make an act of contrition, a prayer that expresses your sorrow for your sins, and then the priest will give you absolution, and you'll walk out washed clean, as clean as you were the day you were baptized. Oh, that's great. And it's
0: a wonderful feeling. So what tips now would you say on this journey for finding freedom from habitual sin? What are some of the things that you would encourage guys to take into consideration to be most effective at receiving the graces?
1: When struggling with habitual sin, especially habitual sexual sin, frequent confession is really important. Obviously, when we receive Holy Communion, we always want to receive it in a state of grace. And so we want to make sure that I get to confession if I'm not in a state of grace before I go back to communion. But it's also important to remember, one of the things we promise In the act of contrition, one of the traditional act of contrition's promises that we will seek to avoid the near occasion of sin. We don't ever want to take advantage of the mercy of God. And I'm using the word take advantage in a negative way. God's mercy is for those who repent. What does repent mean? Repent means that you're sorry for your sin. Absolutely. But it also means I desire to reform my life. I desire to do the things necessary to change. And with things like habitual sin, sometimes in my experience, especially things with like pornography, masturbation, there can be some guys and women too. There can be some people who almost take advantage in that negative way of the sacrament because they're like, oh, I go to confession every week or every other week. So I I always receive communion in the state of grace. That's good, but are you doing anything, these practical things that we've talked about in this podcast, to actually get sin out of your life? How's your diet and exercise? Do you have any accountability? Are you doing any kind of service? Are you taking time for daily prayer? Do you ever go to adoration? Do you ever pray the rosary? No, no, I just, I go to confession every every week or so. Do you have blockers on your phone? <laughs> are you doing anything to help eliminate the near occasion of sin in your life? Well, no. Then you're taking advantage of confession. Then you're not truly repentant. And actually, if you're not truly repentant, and again, only God can really know this, then it's actually not a valid confession. Repentance is necessary, the desire to reform your life. So if you're doing nothing to reform your life from the habitual sin, then you you may not really be sorry. You may just really like your sin, and you might feel the feeling going to confession so you can go back to communion in the state of grace but knowing that you're doing nothing to change your life. Now, again, this does not mean that you're going to be perfect. True repentance doesn't mean you have to be perfect. It means that I'm striving. And again, only you know that in the depths of your heart. And of course, God knows that as well. Are you actually doing things to help overcome your sin and to avoid the near occasion of sin in the future? The first thing I would say to someone who struggles with pornography, the first question I'd ask is, what's the source? Is it your phone? Which it is for most people. Is it your phone? Okay. Then my first thing I'd say is you got to get rid of your phone. Oh no, 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 there's no way I could do that, Father. Okay, then nothing's going to change. Are you willing to be radical? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Is he speaking literally there? No. He's using an exaggeration to make a point. How do I know that? Because blind men still lust. He's saying we got to be radical about cutting the things out of our lives that cause us to sin. If your phone cause you to sin, which it probably does, then you got to get rid of it. But no, I mean, how am I going to, well, they just get a a dumb phone, get a just phone that can talk and text. Trust me, you will survive. Anyone who's what, 35 or older, definitely 40 or older, grew up without a cell phone, with at least without a smartphone. Like in high school, I didn't have a cell phone in high school. Of course, smartphones didn't come until 2007, I think was the iPhone. Yeah. Somehow I survived in high school and in college without a smartphone. How did I do it? I don't know. It's how people have done it for most of human history. You can survive without a smartphone. If you are an alcoholic and you have a bar in your house and you're like, yeah, I'm working to get free of alcohol. I'm going to tell you straight up, you will never be free of alcohol. You'll never be free. You have a bar in your house. Are you kidding me? How is that avoiding the near occasion of sin? If you have that thing in your pocket all the time, and you struggle with pornography, you're never going to be free. You're never going to be free. You got to be radical. Don't be afraid. God wants to give you the grace to do it. And then hopefully the point again, your heart changes to a point where you don't desire to look at pornography anymore. And then you can use the smartphone for the good things that I have have a smartphone. I use it all the time because it can do a lot of good things. It helps me tremendously with my ministry. Don't be afraid to be radical, to cut the things out of your life. And the Sacrament Confession, when used properly, can help you, to help you do that. Yeah, exactly. And as you
0: said, the question I would have is, do you have a plan? And that's why we focus on our framework here of understand how the temptations come about. Have a plan when they come up. You talked about talking to an accountability partner. For me, I teach some techniques on how to understand and release the urges, and we focused on that in some of the previous episodes. Then also, for some of us, it might require some emotional healing. And so maybe working with a counselor, and am I turning to something that makes me feel good because I haven't let God or a medical professional help me address pain from my life growing up or different experiences? And then, of course, learning to replace the way we let our desires go instead of, I just want to stop looking at pornography. I want to embrace God's plan for my sexuality. And I think that's such an important piece of it, too, and something we focus on here. So I would say, again, if you are in college or school, find your campus ministry. If you're out of school, talk to your parish priest, look for resources online. There's a a lot of great tools. You can check out our website, freedomtolove.org. We are here to help you and we want to mentor you through this process. Father, any final thoughts on how we appropriately use and take advantage of the sacrament of reconciliation, not in a way that we abuse it, but that we receive the graces God
1: wants to give us? I think you said it very well. What's your plan? The person who's truly repentant has a plan to avoid the near occasion of sin. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect in doing it, but I have a plan for accountability. I have a plan to cut things out of my life that are going to tempt me to sin. I have a plan for daily prayer. I have a plan for living a life of of service, et cetera. What's my plan? If I have no plan, I just go to confession every week or every other week or whatever, just so I can receive community of grace again, which is good, then you're never going to be free. You're never going to be free you're never going to be free. And then you're probably truly not repentant, and thus the sacrament is actually not helping you. It's actually, in that sense, it it might actually be keeping you (laughs) bound in your sin. If you use confession in the context of a greater plan, then that's the path to freedom. Absolutely.
0: Again, thank you, Father, for joining us for this series on growing in spiritual maturity. We have one more with you. So, If you're listening, come back next week, subscribe to the podcast. Hopefully this is something that you want to share with a friend. And if you ever need any help, reach out to us, www.freedomtolove.org or info at freedomtolove.org. We would love to come alongside you and help you to find freedom and grow in the virtue of chastity. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Freedom to Love podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please rate us on iTunes and share us with a friend. Until next time, remember what St. Paul wrote in his letter to the Galatians. Brothers, you were called for freedom. God bless.